Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks and hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. So in this episode of the Maze Marketing Podcast, Jonathan and I are talking about content. So you developed your remarketing strategy. The next question is, what do you say in your ads? Do you tell stories? What type of story do you tell? Um, do you provide different types of ads, different types of content for colder people, for warmer pe- people in your funnel? That's what we'll talk about in this episode. Really excited to share this with you. Let's jump into the conversation. When speaking about doing the May system for people, and of course, what, a big part of that is retargeting, uh, by which we mean showing successive ads. Although another part of that is uh, any other successive messaging. So uh, via email, for example, which is more, more of a classic remarketing situation. Um, I have asked a number of people what their biggest challenge is with getting started with any of these things. Uh, and uh, surprisingly enough, or maybe not surprisingly, it, it's all the beginner stuff. Like I have no idea what to do, right? And that's very consistent. So it's I all the questions that we just take for granted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the I don't know how to get started part is pretty evenly divided between the tech stuff and the content. Like so, there's there's how to set up my pixel and how to run the ads manager and how to get this funny stuff on my website. And then there is plain and simple, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I think you're pretty good at the uh, what to say part. So how, how would you help somebody who's got a business, things are rolling, but they don't know what to say? I have, uh, I have three things I want to talk about today. Yeah. So the first thing um, generally that I find is that, is that your content is generally fine. So your knowledge about your subjects and um, so like if you were, for example, if you were to write a blog post about retargeting or pixel setup or something like that, like the content would be outstanding, but it would probably be really boring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like it would probably lack story. And I think that the story is generally what's missing. So the content is normally fine. Um, what is missing is kind of story and, and particularly when you start to advertise on like Facebook and if you think about it, most remarketing ads is it's not sort of like somebody's done a search query and specifically asked for the information. It's like you're interrupting them and you can only interrupt them with something that is interesting to them and it's entertaining to them. So the content that you got is probably fine, but it's probably devoid of story and entertainment. And it's almost like, like I, so if we expand, if we expand the scope of this slightly, and if we, you know, if anyone listening to this th- thinks about email, it's like the, the emails to get your attention, like they they have to be, they have to be entertaining. First and foremost, I, unless it's an email that is specifically about a topic that you have a desperate bleeding neck and you're on the cusp of buying. If you're not on the cusp of buying, it's 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 got to be it's got to be interesting. It's got to be entertaining. It's the same with your remarketing ads. Um, and your social media remarketing, like you know, all all of the all of the ads that you're running on Google search, like that, they're, they're probably not going to work so well in a in a remarketing strategy. So, like a lot of the work that I do is in terms of like figuring out, well, 
what is someone's story and how can we leverage certain parts, like certain parts of the story to illustrate the content, which is already in place and already great. They've already got all of these great blog posts. They're, you know, dull as sin and really boring, but, um, you know, it's, it's great in principle. Um, and I think people worry about, about their content being enough. And it's, it's, it's the wrong thing to worry about. It's, 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 are you, are you showing up in an engaging way enough? And that's generally what I think is missing a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So for somebody who is a, is a topic expert, uh, but not a natural storyteller, uh, what, what would you do to help them get started and, and kind of open up and begin to create a compelling message, not just the content? I think, so the first thing to think about is um, how warm is the people that you're writing ads to or um, how well do they know you basically? Well, so, okay, so that, that's a great example. Let's assume uh, that we actually are building a maze. So they've, they've seen one thing that, that's always uh, like the gateway, right? Somebody walks in the door for the first time, so to speak, digitally, uh, and then what? Yep. So, so in, in that case, I mean, they are pretty cold. I mean, yes, so they've, they've clicked, they've done a Google search, they've clicked on your ads, they've put on your website. Um, they might recognize you, but they don't really know you yet. So if you show up in a Facebook ad like a day later and start telling them a personal story, um, they, they basically don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, they, they would much rather, so, so cold people would much rather you went away. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep this, you know, PG. I, I, I could phrase this differently. They would rather you <laughs> went away. <laughs> um, so if, if you show up with, you know, leading with a personal story about your backstory and how you struggled in the early days and all of that, they, yeah. they just don't really care yet. Whereas if, if you've got someone who has been on your website, say five times, they spent, you know, a minimum of, you know, five minutes on your website, they've watched a certain amount of your videos, they've maybe, you know, opted into your email list. And those people are desperate to hear personal stories. They, they really want to get to know the real you and using remarketing ads to deliver more of a personal story is a really powerful thing then. But yeah. um, what, what I'm seeing a lot is like, I will visit someone's website once. I don't really care about them. Um, I haven't really thought very much about them. And then 20 minutes later, I go into Facebook to, you know, hang with my friends because that's really why I go to Facebook. And they pop up in my newsfeed with some, with some ads telling me to change my life. And it starts... <laughs> And this, it leads with this personal story about, you know, how they were so broke in the early days. And, you know, before they bought their fifth helicopter, they were really struggling. And I'm, I'm, I actually take screenshots of these. I've, I've got like a, like a fail gallery with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's, that's something else that, that, you know, we really have to consider is it's like, okay, so you've got great content. And we want to know, wrap it up in a story. But for people who don't know you, telling, telling a personal story is quite difficult. Um, it's often the case that you have to get their attention more. You know, as, as um, the copywriter Robert Collier would have said, like you have, to, you have to join the conversation that's going on in their head. And that conversation isn't in the beginning about you. Exactly. So it's more about, it's more about the customer. It's all, so you probably have more success telling, leading with... Um, uh, a product story or a customer story that gets their attention. Um, in terms of ad content, so um, this is something that I've heard Perry Marshall say as well. And I, my, my experience is kind of similar: is that for colder people, um, 
you have to put office in front of them a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, and that offer could be, it might not be a paid offer, it might be an offer to get them on your email list or to take a next step with you, but there has to be quite a distinct, you know, opt-in and get this. It has to be a proposition of some sort. Whereas for people who know you a lot more, then you can start sending them videos, you can start sending them blog posts, you can start sending them a love. Um, you know, it's, um, but for, for people who are a lot colder, um, you, like, the economics just don't really work. Like it, it's just too expensive to do it. They, they just don't really care. Uh, essentially, they would rather you went away yeah. much more, much more than they want to read your story. Um, so I, I, I think that, that that sort of frames what we're saying. So for someone, if your bottleneck is that like you've got this bit, you know, this big audience of people and they've been on your website once, and you now want to start re-engaging them. You know, don't, I, I would, I mean, it, it's up to you and you, know, you can test, like all of these things aren't meant to be prescriptive. They're meant to be rules of thumb that, that you should go away and test. But um, I would not lead with a personal story in the ad. I would try to, I would try to sort of meet them more in terms of what they're thinking about at the moment. Yeah. Um, and see if I can get them to opt into my email list, really. Because if I can get them to opt into my email list, then that's a great form for delivering, you know, personal stories and wrapping up my content in a, in a story over a longer period of time. Yeah. So Facebook seems to be um, a highly effective place to do marketing. And I think it's because compared, there's obviously many other choices, but compared especially to Google, which is almost the other half of the equation, uh, there's a lot more room for content, right? You, you run a yeah. Google ad uh, if it's a text-based ad, it's it's literally like, you know, a less than a paragraph worth of words. Uh, or on an image, you really only get a headline. Then they have to click through and read your blog, which may work. But, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, pumping content through the newsfeed on Facebook uh, is a lot easier in terms of content delivery. It so, is. yeah. So, in a context like that, uh, maybe give some examples of how you would position the first uh, several bits of content and, and again let's assume that somebody is starting out uh it's it's first touch point there's no fancy segmentation yet or high engagement but it's just the first uh first entryway and the first things you're going to see as they walk down the hallway so to speak so i have a sort of formula for this so i've actually been writing a couple of blog posts about this in the last okay. few weeks and we will link to these in the show notes uh, if that's all right yeah um, but the, the overall structure, so the, the thing to think about is the person reading this, so the context is they've done a Google search the day before, they've been on your website, they've kind of half forgotten about you, and then they go into Facebook the next day. And basically, most people on Facebook are bored out of their school, and they're on the phone scrolling through their news feed, and your ad pops up. So I think the context that we have to think about is the thing that gets them to stop scrolling is the image. Yeah. which galls me as a copywriter to say that, but it's not the words <laughs> that get them to stop. It's the image that gets them to stop. So your image has to, has to catch your attention in some way. Um, anything that looks like a stock image probably won't, or at least not so much. Um, so it's the image that gets them to stop, and it's, it's, the, it's the text that gets them to convert. Yeah. So I, I have a sort of format where um, I, I, do, I would consider it where like, the first line of your ad is like the headline, I yeah. sometimes put like a little asterisk around it just to make it a bit more obvious that it's a headline. Um, I, I see a lot of other people using emojis and things like that, which I don't necessarily approve of. I mean, it's something that you can test, but I think it's a bit of a gimmick. That has um, to fit with your, uh, your brand and all as well. 
It does, yeah, you know. Like, literally, the, the number of Facebook ads I see where, like, the first line has, has the sort of thinking emoji at the end of it, like, some guy scratching his skin. It's, it's so gimmicky. I'm like, really? Does this, does this actually work? But I think in terms of structure, I think it's correct to think, okay, image is going to stop them. The first thing they're going to read is the headline, which is, which is basically the first line. You can choose whether or not you want to gimmickize it or ask to, you know, make it look more like a headline. But yeah. people are going to read the first sentence and they're going to decide whether or not to read the second sentence. Yeah. Um, so I, I follow a structure where what I do is the first sentence basically dangles the carrots. So for a cold audience, I will basically tell them what the offer is. So what, 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 they can, what they're going to get or what the results of that thing is. So, you know, yeah. you know, grab a free chapter of my book. It will show you how to do this. Yeah. That, so that's what I'll put in the first sentence. Then what I do is I, I put the story in what I call the closed sandwich format. So the closed sandwich format goes bread, filling, bread, where, you're, where, um, where bread is the content of your message being the, the functional stuff on how it works, the functional stuff of how conversion tracking works. Yeah. And the filling is your story. Okay. So, so I open, so in, instead of just lodging into the story to a cold audience who don't know me, who don't really care about me, um, I, think, I think you kind of need to give them a clue on where you're going with it first. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have um, an opening, and I'm not talking much, much text here, I'm talking like a paragraph of like opening contents, you know, so, if we were writing an ad about conversion tracking, it might be you know it might be as simple as saying this is why, this is why most conversion tracking doesn't work and doesn't give the reporting that you need to make better decisions. Dot dot yeah. dot. And then you go yeah. into the story, which might go into, which might be a personal story of how you lost, however much money because you didn't have conversion tracking in place. And then you go back into the content again, and in terms of what that means, and and then that ties into your offer at the end. So that's that's broadly the structure. I mean, you know, again, this this is sort of a rule of thumb and just a suggestion of where. I mean, I, this isn't you know a prescriptive go and do this. But if if I was starting with a new client, you know, had a cold remarketing audience, so people who've been on the website say in the last few days, they don't know us yet, they haven't opted in, as far as we know. That's the ad that I would run. But um, I would pay attention to the image because the image has to get them to stop scrolling. A, a really strong benefit in the headline, both in the both in the actual ad headline, but also in the first in the first line of the ad text. And then I'd go contents, story, content, slash offer at the end. Yeah, I like it, that, that's very good. We need to, uh, if you've got something, we ought to put a, uh, an example of this in the show notes as well. Yeah, we'll do, yeah, yeah. Um, Talk to me a little bit about, um, uh, so and again, I know this, I first heard this from Perry Marshall, I'm sure other people talk about it as well but the concept of uh, making deposits in the uh, emotional bank account, so to speak, and pumping out some nurturing content uh, at, at a higher ratio than you're selling content. So um, I think for people to get their head around this, it's useful to think of email. Like we're, we're, we're quite used to opting into people's email lists yeah. um, and have them email us for a long period of time. Yeah. And um, if you sell based on trust, if you sell high value products and services, there's a trust-based sale, and you sell to the same person over you know, multiple times, then um, you can't build up that trust in a single step. It has yeah. to be built up over time by you showing up with value. And that value doesn't have to be necessarily that you, that you email people you know, 
20 million times. It could be that people, it could be that, yeah, it could be that you send some valuable stuff to them by email. But these days, what we're talking about in the maze concept is it might be that they consume some of that content on YouTube. Um, maybe they also opt in for a webinar. Um, maybe they also, I don't know, see you on Google, in, in Google Display, for example. So it, it's, a bit, it's a bit more fragmented than just, you know, sending spawn 20,000 emails. Yeah. Um, but I think that most people aren't taking the long enough, you know, if you sell on trust, you know, it's high value sales, sell on trust. I think, I think a lot of people aren't taking like a long enough time frame um, in terms of like, um, it's almost like you walked into someone's email list and they emailed you say every other day for 30 days or 60 days. And then, they, and then it's like, if you don't buy, you just fall off a cliff and you don't hear from them and you, and you don't hear from them unless they have something to sell you. Yeah. And, um, and it just doesn't really work out. So, so my approach is slightly different. Um, I, um, if you opted for my email list, I basically have like a 20 year plan to email you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, if you're, if you opt in for my emails, you will, you will get, you know, boring holidays and exceptions. Um, you will get an email from me every weekday for at least the next 20 years, pretty much until you die, buy or unsubscribe. And actually, actually probably until you die or until you unsub yeah. unsubscribe. The, yeah. Those are the two most common ways out. Um, and actually what I'm doing is I'm really looking to, I mean, I, I don't just, I think something that's, that's really important for people to understand is I don't just email people. I also produce videos. I also make, I also make Facebook lives. Yeah. But it's, it's a completely different perspective on, on, I'm not just sending people through like an, like an indoctrination sequence, which is what a welcome sequence is not being called. Yeah. I'm looking to build up that value over like a longer period of time. And actually what you can do for it. So, if you've got enough people in your database and you've identified that, that a portion of them spend a lot of money with you, that are quite high value, um, that, that they're quite high value customers, then don't just email them. They'll also create a, a Facebook custom audience and you know start sending them love on Facebook. That isn't just you pitching them something else. It's just just you being helpful because it's a, it's a deposit in the emotional bank account because you know that those that those people spend good, spend good money with you. You know that they opened all of your emails. Um, if you can show up in multiple media rather than just rather than just email, that, that's 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 so much. That's, that's like I really think it, it pours cement around the relationship. And actually, I I've sort of seen this where like um, if I say to, so at the moment, for example, it's Christmas and I've taken I've basically taken a few weeks off, and it's it's basically fine. Like when I come back in January. It will be like nothing's happened. Um, exactly. Yeah. Because I, I've already poured enough cement around that around that relationship. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's it's. I think so. Something I want to stress as well. It's like it's like. We're not trying to slow down the sales process. We're not trying to defer sales. We're not trying to reduce sales. We're trying to we're trying to increase sales, but by taking a longer, um, a longer time frame, uh, perspective on it. So yeah. if, if you were to sort of think about a graph where you've got on the X, um, the Y axis, on, 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 the, on the vertical axis, the, yeah. this is our challenge at maths. <laughs> on the vertical axis, you've got sales. On the, on the horizontal axis, you've got time. Yeah. What you'll find is that most people buy earlier on, but you've got this sort of, you've got this sort of power curve look to the graph where, where the graph kind of curves off and you have this longer tail of sales that come much, 
later on after after a longer period of time yeah but you already get to those sales if you can stay in contact with people if you can make enough deposits in the emotional bank accounts over a long enough period of time and if you're not able to do that then you end up fighting over the people who, who are going to buy very quickly who incidentally aren't normally great clients to work with they're normally yeah. they don't trust you yet they're normally asking for references they're evalu- they're evaluating you against yeah. some schmuck they found on odesk or something um, I would much rather work with the people who sat on my email list for a year and decided that they wanted to do a project with me. Um, exactly. But it, but it, but it only comes about, comes about by having this kind of nurturing system in place. Um, yeah, I think it's worth pointing out too that it, in the event there is a good candidate and they're they are ready to go, um, having this what we're kind of calling longer sales cycle, uh, that they're not going to wait until the end of that like it invariably if somebody sees something that signals to them that you are the right guy to work with they they will find a way to just you know short circuit the, the autoresponder or whatever else and, and get right in touch with you so it doesn't it doesn't damage any uh short-term quick sales uh to have the extra content because people will will get right after it if that's what they're inclined to do we're just but, selling to people uh, when they're actually ready to buy. Some people yeah. will be ready to buy very quickly because they've yeah. got the bleeding neck. They're actively, they're actively searching for solutions. Yeah. Some people opted in more as a passive interest or they're just not ready yet or the business isn't at the stage where it needs your, your services yet, but it yeah. might be one day. Yeah. And at that point, what, like, you know, in Glenn Levison's terms, you've basically taken them off the market a lot earlier so that by the time they actually need what you do, you're the only person that they want to buy from. Exactly, yeah. Well, we ought to... This, it's going to get too long for now, but maybe on another episode, we can talk about um, touch points. You know, the, the classic advertisers, uh, and it keeps growing every year, seven touch points, 21 touch points, 902 touch points. We should, I, I'm going to get some uh, stats so we can go over that stuff. I have my own grumpy reflections on that. Like, What's that? I have my own grumpy reflections you on that. Grumpy reflections. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun, though. We can, we can do that. We can yeah. have... Uh, uh, and, and that thing you were just referring to about the very few people who are ready to buy versus the next segment now, and I think that comes from uh, maybe other places too, but doesn't that come from Chet Holmes, what he teaches about the, the top 3% of the pyramid are ready to buy right now? That's what almost everybody fights over is that yeah. top 3%. It's almost um, like the red ocean, blue ocean analogy, where it's like it the is, red ocean yeah. where all the sharks are, and that's where most people are fighting. That's where all the expensive clicks are. Whereas yeah. you get to the blue ocean, that's where the easier sales are. The people that yeah. the people that love you, the people that trust you. It's like I I, I only really want to work with those people. Um, I, I I actually have sort of barriers in place where like like for someone to work with me, they at least have to have read my book, which yeah. isn't a, isn't a big barrier. They need to spend ten dollars on Amazon to to get my book, and they need to invest a few hours in reading it, and that 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 immediately disqualifies a lot of the people who just found me on Google today and, and they don't trust me yet. They don't know me yet. So, um, you know, I, I think it is worth having, having some barriers in place that make you not, not inaccessible, but it forces people to jump through some educational hoops to get to you. Yeah, I agree. That's great. Awesome. That's a good session. I think that's a very good overview of how to get get started on your content. I have a so there's three things I wanted to cover. There's so the, so the third one's really quick actually. It's it's, yeah. it's just a comment that um, I think when people start to put up Facebook ads, um, I think people are spending too long on them and they're trying to perfect them too much. 
Um, <laughs> the and over them. Um, I I generally see, especially for the the warmer warmer remarketing traffic, is much more forgiving of low quality production. Okay. Especially like even in video, like I I I I could record this video now with my microphone dangling above the camera <laughs> and like. You know, you can't hear me properly or whatever. And like warm traffic will forgive all of that because they love you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so people worry too much about production for remarketing was actually, I think it's more important to be prolific and get it out there. And that too, because until you get data on something, you don't know whether it's going to work. And I, I have clients right now who are polishing potential turds because, uh, yeah. they, because they have no data on it and they're there trying to make this perfect, you know, Facebook yeah. ad, the perfect video or whatever it is. Um, and I just kind of see like a lot of these social media platforms cater to lower production stuff. Um, yep. And a lot of the images that seem to work best on Facebook tend to be images that are more, you know, quote unquote organic, like they're not polished, they're not stock images. Um, it's something that you might have taken on your phone this morning and you just made a Facebook ad out of it. I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones that people want to read and want to see. Yeah, so. that's a good point. I have to say, um, probably one of my biggest observations for the past year. Uh, it goes for myself too, but definitely for other people that I work with is there is such a, I, and I don't know what drives it, but there's such a compelling tendency to want to do, they would probably all say, well, I'm not a perfectionist and yet they won't crank it out, you know? And, and I start- We're all perfectionists in some, in some capacity. It's just, it's just to, to what degree we're perfectionists. And there you it's, go. Yeah. it's something to be aware of and just try to counter everybody's got a little perfectionist hiding inside them. <laughs> right, right. I, I think it stems from worrying about, well, what will people think of it? And when we stop worrying about what people will think of it, because ultimately, most of the time when you put a Facebook out, most of Facebook is going to yawn in your face. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, that's the reality. So if you start off from that assumption, then it becomes, you know, you, you get slightly less attached to the performance of your ad, and that, that's, that's an impulsive step in itself. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Maze Marketing Podcast, you can also sign up for a free set of Maze Building resources called Maze Mastery Essentials. In Maze Mastery Essentials, you get access to our Google Ads Audit Guide, our email and Facebook ad templates, and a video series walking you through remarketing setup on Google and Facebook. To get free access, just head to Maze Mastery. Dot com.